We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? Webb has survived a heart attack last night. Webb, how are you feeling right now? I'm good. I'm good. I don't believe you. We are going to break down all the playing games. We're going to preview each series of the NBA playoffs. And then we're going to talk a little NFL trades that could happen. Webb, are you ready for today's show? And two-parter. Two-parter here. Did you change your pants last night? Because I assume you wet yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Let's get right... You know what? Let's start in the east. We'll build, we'll build, we'll crescendo to the west. Ooh, nice. That's a good word, right? You're welcome. Charlotte versus Indiana, nine versus 10. Was this one of the worst games you've ever seen in your life? Yeah, it was real bad from the big A. Doug McDermott was four for four from three to start the game. And I was like, that's a bad sign for Charlotte. Indiana's not losing this. And then he just started attacking the basket because he didn't respect Charlotte. Is Doug McDermott the best basketball player alive right now? Is that a thing? He's the best player in Indiana right now. <laughs> That's a joke, people. No, it might be. It might be real. <laughs> it might be real. Uh, I hated this game. I kind of zoned out at halftime, like a little past halftime, because it was such a beating. They were up by like 35. It was over before the halftime. It was over then. No, it was real bad. I, I thought for sure a fight was going to break out. It was... <laughs> It was too big of a blow for people to actually be cordial with each other. That explains why you always want to fight me, because I always blow you out. That makes sense. Yeah, you're never cordial. That makes sense. That checks out. You're just the worst person. It's true. I know. Ever. That I've ever met. So Indiana scored. The final score was 144 to 117. It didn't even feel this close. It felt it like not. it was a bigger, like it was a bigger blowout. I was shocked when I saw that. So I saw Indiana drop 144. I was kind of like not so uh, focused on the game at that point. But when I saw Charlotte 117, I was like, if I looked at this game, it's not, it's a blowout, but putting up 117 points is still an accomplishment. No, it seemed like it was like 50 points the whole game. Indiana really took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. I think they started benching guys. So it was done. So Charlotte has gone home. They are out of the playoffs now. Indiana is going to play Washington tonight at 8 o'clock. We are recording this right before that game starts. For everyone out there. Let's move to that game, though. Boston versus Washington. Boston won 118 to 100. Webb and I both picked Washington to win this game. Like idiots. Jason Tatum had other ideas. He scored 50 to make us look real stupid. Webb, were you surprised by this game? Yeah, I was. Um, if Boston won by like two points or something, three points, I wouldn't have been that surprised. But like this game was over at in the third, really. Yeah, at, at half it was close. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, it was. I think it was a two point game, four point game, and the third Boston blew it open. Yeah. What I didn't take into account was Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal being such good friends that Tatum could not lose to his friend because he would hear it forever. I didn't think about that. And that was the difference in this game because Jason Tatum is a monster. It was so ridiculous at the end. I thought it was so disgraceful how Bradley Beal was chumming it up with the Celtics at the end of the game. I would have been so pissed off. I don't like that chummy stuff in general, especially when you lose a game like this. It's embarrassing. Um, luckily for Bradley Beal, he's very good. So the fans won't be as pissed as they normally would have. But like, uh, a couple weeks ago, 
uh, in soccer news, really, uh, uh, Eden Hazard was chumming it up with the Chelsea guys. He's playing Chelsea. He's on rail now. And Im- immediately, people were calling for him to 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 leave, and he's going to be gone. So you can't be doing that. I don't like this swapping jerseys at the beginning of games or at the end of games. I don't like the chummy chummy nature. You guys grew up together. You guys are from the same city. That's fine, but you don't have to be friends on the court, high-fiving guys, talking to guys, dapping guys. Like, I don't like it. They didn't grow up together. I think Bradley Beal's like six years older than Tatum. Yeah, but I think they still knew each other. Like, they're from the same area in St. Louis. There's a there's a, a, a huge difference. They went to the same high school, so they went at the high school at the same time, but I think they know the same people. They're super yeah, but tight. If you're 14, how many 20-year-olds are you friends with? Me was zero. I, I think they just knew each other. I don't know if they were hanging out necessarily, but I mean, they're not, he wasn't 40 or he, he wasn't 25 and, and then Tatum was nine. Like, I think they still knew each other or had mutual friends. No, I think they got to like Duke and he was like, Hey, I'm from St. Louis. Let's be friends now. But they're acting but like they they've been childhood been, friends. They still wouldn't have been in college at the same time either. No, but at least when you're in college, people think you're going to go to the NBA. So you can like make those friends. But they act like they grew up together, like they've been friends since childhood. There's no way that's a real thing. It's impossible. I think they just knew each other or knew of each other. No. Jason Tatum may have known about Bradley Beal. There is no way Bradley Beal knew about Jason Tatum. It's impossible. (laughs) It's a ridiculous thing. The point is, the two chummy, Bradley Beal should have been pissed off at the end of the game instead of talking to Tatum, laughing it up at the end of the game. Or you're now fighting for your life. That doesn't make sense. I think because they know they have another chance, he just wasn't upset, even though he should have been. Yeah, I think I think the league's just soft. That's what yeah. I think. For real. Let's move into the West. Memphis versus San Antonio. Memphis won 100 to 96. Uh, this game was really close. It was actually a really fun game. What did you think of this game? Were you surprised? Uh, I was surprised that Memphis was blowing them out in the beginning, but I wasn't surprised that the Spurs couldn't close. I just didn't. I think Memphis is just a much more talented team than the Spurs. The best player in this game to me is John Morant, and uh, or you can say JV, whoever. But I think I think John Morant's more dynamic player, and um, yeah, I, I would I I would have been surprised if the Spurs won. I thought the Spurs were gonna win. I actually thought they were gonna close it out. I was surprised they blew it at the end there. It was a fun game. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I was shocked when when it was like. 27 6 or whatever it was in the beginning yeah the spurs i don't remember them going down that big to start a game i can't remember it happening except for was it the golden state versus san antonio no it's the other way around never mind when they played the heat they got uh blown out pretty badly i'm thinking when when uh that dirty play against Kawhi where he turned his ankle oh yeah maybe but that was the other way around yeah they don't usually go down their coach coaching is usually better than that but they came back yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, but but it was it was tied to to uh, Valanciunas being on the bench. Like every time Valanciunas was on the bench, Spurs made a run, and when he came back on, he just dominated. He's so good, man. So Valanciunas yesterday had twenty three points, twenty three rebounds, and three blocks. That is an insane stat line. Yeah, but he's done that like multiple times this year, so I wasn't that surprised. And the Spurs don't really have a big man. Uh, to to neutralize him so i wasn't too surprised 
that he dominated like that. I don't think he's going to do that on Friday. Are you saying Jacob Pertle isn't good enough to stop JV? He was JV's former backup. This is ridiculous. I don't mind. I don't mind Pertle. He's all right, but I don't think he should be starting in the league, to be honest. So no. He should not be starting, but I think he's a decent player. Actually, yeah, he you know, he, actually, he could start. I'm not mad he's starting. On a healthy team, I don't think he should be starting because they're probably not a very good team. He's a decent defender, at least. So yeah, if you have four good offensive players, like if he started on Brooklyn, that would make some sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many minutes I'd play him, but yeah, if he starts, fine. Your level of hatred is ridiculous. Okay, so Memphis moves on. The San Antonio Spurs go home. Greg Popovich, by the way, Looks crazy right now. I don't know what he's <laughs> doing, but he looks yeah, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just winging it. He um, so it's funny. The Spurs were in the playoffs for two decades, or more than two decades, and uh, now they've been out of the playoffs for two years in a row. Like now it's <laughs> now they're in a drought. They're the new Phoenix. <laughs> I think they can come back though. Phoenix had yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 just better. I think Pop might retire soon. I think he might be near in the end. He's old, man. He's like 70-something. He looks 95. <laughs> it's rough. It's real bad. Still wouldn't mess with him. No, he was in like the military. He'd murder us both. No question. Yeah. I mean, I, I try and walk away a little faster because he's so old, but if he got his hands on me, he'd be done. <laughs> okay, Webb. Let's move on to your team. Eking out a victory. Los Angeles Lakers played Golden State last night. Final score, 103 for L.A. Golden State, 100. Golden State was leading for most of the game. In the fourth quarter, the Lakers took over and did not relent the lead back. LeBron, Golden State tied up a couple times. LeBron hit a dagger three with 56 seconds left from 34 feet. His longest make of the season to finish the game. Webb, were you nervous during this game? Be honest here. So things, yeah. So things looked bad. Things looked bad early on, but it was a very uncharacteristic game for the Lakers. That's that's the comfort that I find in this. I find so much solace in this in this victory because it took the Warriors doing so much. Steph being on his A game, Draymond just shutting down AD, all that, and the Lakers still won at the half. Schroeder, uh, LeBron, and AD looked abysmal, man. Like just terrible. Four for twenty-eight. It was bad. It was real bad. LeBron was one for seven, I think, at halftime, which is not ideal. It was real bad. Leading scorer was AC Fresh, Alex Caruso, um, who I love, but he should not be the leading scorer on the Lakers, whether it's at the half or at the end of the game, whatever it is. Um, It was really bad. It was really bad. The Lakers had 30 points with five minutes left in the second quarter. It was was just a real, real... a really un- oh god I can't speak. It was a really uncharacteristic game, atypical of LeBron and AD, and um, Steph was hot. Were you regretting the ninety-eight percent chance guaranteeing victory during the game? Did that cross your mind at all? That like I was so confident in this, it's really going to backfire if this if this happens. <laughs> no, because honestly, I think if you play this game again, it doesn't go down like that. Kudos to Draymond, man, and and Wiggins. I've been clowning Wiggins for a couple of years. He he looked really good yesterday. He was a huge reason why they were in that. Yeah, I'm gonna send Wiggins your information, like Kwame Brown, and just have him pop off at you. Like it's gonna happen. Kwame Brown's starting to fight everybody. Stephen A. Smith is terrified. 
you're going to be the new Stephen A. Smith because Wiggins is going to come for you. Get ready for it. It took Kwame Brown 20 years to do this, so good for him. <laughs> are you are you talking smack about Kwame Brown 20 years? He was a coward for 20 years. Is that what you're saying? Because, wow, I'm going to give him your home address. That's terrible. I'm saying Michael Jordan just ruined his confidence for two decades, and he's finally getting the courage to, to address everyone that they made fun of him. He is not lacking confidence now, that's for sure. Okay, so the Lakers won. Where does that LeBron three-pointer rank to you in Lakers memories? Because is it, is it your favorite? Is he the best Laker ever now? Because I think he might be. The funny thing is that LeBron three technically doesn't count because this is just a playing game. So none of these stats count towards anything because it's not really part, it's not part of the season. It's not part of the postseason. So... It'll be down the line. Like there's so many shots. Like there's shots Kobe made, shot on uh, Meta World Peace made, Robert Ori, Derek Fisher, uh, James Worthy, Kareem. There's been so many big shots um, that guys have made in in, in bigger situations. So, AD gonna, shot last year was really big. I like. I think that's that ranks higher. I'm gonna ask you a yes or no question. Okay. Sure. Just answer yes or no, please. Okay. Has Magic, Kobe, or Kareem? ever hit a game-winning shot in the play in a play-in game yes or no no therefore lebron is the best Laker ever he did something the other laker greats could not do i just love so much that the, the player that you allegedly hated for so long is now the star of your future title team like the current champions the reigning probably repeat champions is the guy you hate most it's honestly so sweet to me that you have become a LeBron stand. It's amazing. I'm not a LeBron stand at all. I've tolerated him on the Lakers. Because um, what am I supposed to do? When he but, hit uh, that three, you jumped for joy. You were cheering for LeBron James. You, <laughs> Webb. You were che- if If Tom Brady was a Colt, I would have burned my Colts jerseys. No, you wouldn't have. You have become more of a fan of LeBron James. I would have changed my dog's name from Peyton Manning to a, someone else. Like, the me and the Colts relationship would have been severed forever. You have become more a Lakers fan during this last two seasons, and it's beautiful to watch. Oh, my God. You're, you're a sick person. Um, I don't think I even jumped on LeBron hit it. I think I just kind of collapsed in my seat. He makes you <laughs> weak at the knees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're the devil. Just congratulations, man. I'm glad you got some love in your life. It's nice. It's good that you love LeBron James so much. You know you're the devil, right? I do. Let's move on to the East playoff predictions. You ready? You ready for that? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's start with Brooklyn versus Boston, two versus seven. I think this is one of the easiest series to predict. I have it Brooklyn in five. Ooh, I can see five. I can see five. I have Brooklyn sweeping the Celtics, but I can see five. So I thought that too, but then Jason Tatum scored 50 and I was like, you know what? He could maybe do that one night. That's the only thing I thought about. And then Kyrie coming back to Boston. They may get pride for a day. Like I, they might happen. I, I, uh, I can see five only because the chemistry between them may not result in a sweep of the Celtics. I don't care about Tatum's 50. That also didn't count uh, according to stats. So Tatum could drop 50, but if you think about Kyrie, Katie and Harden could literally drop 90 points. Are you saying Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Aaron Nesmith couldn't put up 90 points? Because that's ridiculous. Of course they could. 
if they do put up 90 points, I think Tatum probably drops 65. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I think that's, that's probably one of the easiest series to predict. Brooklyn in five, you have Brooklyn sweeping in four. Let's move on to three six, Milwaukee versus Miami. What do you have in this prediction, this series? I changed. I had Miami winning originally, but now I have Milwaukee taking it in seven. Why did you change? A uh, couple of reasons. Drew Holiday, I think Drew Holiday is in my brain. Uh, he said something a couple of days ago that said they have the more talented team. I don't believe that, but I think Drew Holiday got in my head a little bit. And I just think that Miami's tired, man. They're exhausted, like the Lakers. Like they, they played most recently along with the Lakers. And I think Milwaukee just wants it more this year. They got destroyed by the the the, the Heat last year. I think this has been circled on the calendar. And I think, I think if they lose in the first round, oh man, like Buds is fired. This whole team. It's just under fire. It's going to be bad. So I think they find a way to win. I have Milwaukee in seven. I have Miami in six. So I actually, I flipped back and forth as well because I thought Milwaukee, but last year Miami dominated so well. Jimmy Butler is just in a different stratosphere of playoff performer than anyone in Milwaukee. He takes it to the next level. I believe in Miami shooting more than Milwaukee's. Miami has like six guys that could get hot and take over a game. Milwaukee has like two and a half. I just think there's a different level of player on Miami. The team is deeper. I think Coach Spo is a better coach than Coach Bud. Probably, they're yeah. they're going to figure out how to stop Giannis. Giannis can't shoot outside like 14 feet. So they can That's do that. That's a long range you gave him. I, 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 I was being generous. I was being generous. <laughs> I yeah. shorter than that. <laughs> but he can do that Toronto wall they did a few years ago. Like they know how to stop this. And I just think they'll get it done. Bam is one of the best defenders in basketball. Like, I think they have the players to stop Milwaukee. So, I, you know, based on last year, and, and Jimmy Butler is another level in the playoffs. That's why I see it going seven. Realistically, Milwaukee, sorry. After what happened last year, Milwaukee shouldn't even let this get to six. But I, you know, with Drew Holiday being there, I think it's a different player. Chris Middleton stepping up, uh, just different player. Uh, home court advantage. Uh, Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, these guys that they brought in, just it's not the same team as last year. I think Miami lost a little bit um, from last year. They don't have Olenek. Oladipo, if they had Oladipo, I think it would have taken Miami. But him not being in the playoffs hurts. You know who is still there? Goran Dragic. <laughs> UD, Udonis Haslam. He's going to play four minutes and get five technicals and throw right out of that game. <laughs> Miami MVP. <laughs> He's going to keep getting one-year deals for the rest of, for like the next five years. I forgot he was on the team. I didn't know he was on the team still. I thought he was a coach. And they're like, no, they're still paying him two and a half million dollars for the last three seasons to play in zero games. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Keeps the young guys in check. I'm not a big Tyler Hero guy. Like, I think he, I think he's kind of a heat check guy, but I think he's a little overrated. Um, So I don't know. You're right. Miami can definitely shoot it from deep. But if not, I'm a little worried about them. Is Duncan Robinson the best three-point shooter in basketball right now, not named Steph Curry? Mm. It's him or Joe Harris, right? Like That's one of those two guys? I don't know. Maybe. You forgot about Clay Thompson, man. That he's not playing. Like He hasn't played in two seasons. For guys that don't – well, Joe Harris – well, Duncan Robinson is, for me, is just a three-point shooter. Joe Harris does more than that. No, um, just just a three-point. If you need one shot to go in, it's a three-point shot. Think about it. To be honest, I have to think about it. I, whenever he shoots, I think it's going in. 
I'm never like that was a terrible shot. I'm always like that's probably gonna go in. Mm. I like Duncan. Yeah, I like him too. No, you don't. For reasons. <laughs> so I have Miami in six. You have Milwaukee in seven. Knicks, the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks. The four versus five. I think we're going to agree here. What do you have in this series? I have Atlanta in six. We do not agree here. I just I just think Atlanta is a much better team. I don't think the Knicks have a good team. I think they're well coached. I think Julius Randle's played his butt off, but I don't think they have a good team. I think the the Hawks have a good team. I think the Hawks are a better team. And I think the coaching difference is very, very big. I think Tibbs is playing amazing. Is coaching one of the best jobs he's ever done with the team so poor. I have the Knicks in six. I think they get it done. I believe in Randall. Derek Rose looks refreshed. Quickly might get some more minutes. Like they have a they have an okay team. It's not terrible. It's better than it has been in the past. I think they're going to win. I think it's a bottom 10 roster in the league. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Derek Rose as a second player. <laughs> when you say it like that, I sound foolish. I'm not going to lie to you. I have some regrets right now. <laughs> it's I didn't say Derek Rose second. That's not good. <laughs> and then third was quickly. You didn't even mention RJ Barrett. I think he is what he is. Yeah. I think for them to win, Rose has to take it to the next level and they need to play quickly. He has a heat check guy. And Bullock. Bullock has to be unconscious too. That's not good, man. That's, that's, oh, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. <laughs> good luck, man. Uh, the picks are in. <laughs> I have some regrets about that one. Not gonna lie to you. Hey, man, you didn't say anything wrong. Uh, Tibbs is both of our coach of the year selection. Um, but Nate McMillan is no scrub. Like Nate McMillan took over this team and has been completely different. <laughs> you know, they, they find McMillan 25 grand today. Yeah. For saying the NBA wants the Knicks in the playoffs. What did he say that was wrong there? It's hundred percent accurate. I don't know. I always say the NBA wanted Zion in the playoffs. Obviously I, they're not going to find me, but I'm sometimes things they do that the NBA does is blatant. And to be fair, the, the playoffs are a lot uh, a lot more exciting and the, the season is a lot more interesting when the, when the big market teams are doing well. Yeah. So the reason I'm not picking Atlanta, I don't believe in Trey Young, man. I just don't do it. Why do you hate him so much? He's so good. Pound for pound. Yeah, I don't care about pound for pound. I care about what he's done in the playoffs. I don't think he's big enough to lead a team to a series win. I'm not. He plays no defense. Steph at least plays some defense. He tries. Trey Young does nothing on defense. Their whole like, I just don't think this team is good enough with Trey as their leader. They need someone else. I don't think oh. he's a he's a championship player. I like I like this team a lot. Uh, uh, Trey, Sweet Lou, Bogey. You said Lou Williams second, and you're making fun of me for Derrick Rose. Come on, no, no, no. Derrick Rose won MVP. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going I'm just going with the guards here. Uh, Gallo's been good. I'm feeling better with my pick. I think Derrick Rose ever. These guys are, are these guys won anywhere? Uh, not really. Gallo's had a little bit of playoff experience uh, when he was on uh, Denver, but no, no, not a lot of experience. Houston had nothing, and they couldn't wait to get rid of Capella. They were like, "Take him, <laughs> just take him, get him out. We don't want him. Take him." They had <laughs> nothing, and they're like, "He's we're good." I just, yeah, I don't think it, they don't think they have him, man. I don't believe. All right, we'll I like this though. I like this. Okay. 
Philadelphia is playing either Indy or Washington. As of right now, we do not know. For me, it's the same either way. Philly and four. They're going to sleep whoever they play. It's over. I I don't have a huge difference. I can see Philly winning one. Sorry, Indiana winning one game against Philly. Uh, If it's Washington, I see a sweep. But I wouldn't be surprised if Philly swept swept Indiana either. So it doesn't make a difference to me. I don't think we spend too much time on that because we don't know who it's going to be yet. But either way, I think Philly dominates the series. Yeah. Okay, let's move to the West. We'll start with 2-7, the Phoenix Suns versus your Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. Surprise me, Webb. What do you have here? Uh, Lakers in six. We agree. I have Lakers in six as well. If if the Lakers were healthier, I'd probably say Lakers in five. But Devin Booker is going to go off for probably 40. And Chris Paul have a great game uh, Mikhail Bridges I, I Phoenix worries me a little bit with their with their depth and their ability to shoot the Lakers cannot shoot from outside uh, but they do have a lot of size I think DeAndre Ayton is going to get sunned in this series no he's the x-factor he's the x-factor if he can hold up defensively against AD they have a chance I don't think he can though no. and they drafted him number one to do just that and it's been a failure <laughs> But we're, but we're honestly, what worries me are, are, are the small guys like Cameron Payne, uh, obviously Chris Paul, you know, Javon Carter, these guys shooting the three from deep or Kaminsky and, and, and Sarish, those guys spreading the floor. That worries me. You should be worried. I think Phoenix, everyone thinks Phoenix is a great matchup for you guys. I'm not sure it is because yeah. you guys don't have great guard depth at all. And that's where their strength is, right? Yeah. I think that's what they took. Aiden. They took Aiden to stop the bigs in the West. And if he can't do it, why did they take him number one? I don't yeah. I think they messed the pickup, man. I really do. It's it's a real problem for them. I like Aiton, but he's been totally marginalized, marginalized in this uh this uh offense since Chris Paul's come. He's played so far away from the basket. Um I mean he can hit he has a jumper that's that's decent, but that's not what you want him to do. Like you want him to be above the rim and just dominate. Like he should be honestly be getting 20 and 20 on some nights. He should be a better offensive Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that's what you take a number one to be. You don't take a number one to be a good offensive center who doesn't play defense. He needs to play more better defense. He's an okay defender, but he if he shuts AD down, he'll have been worth it. If he doesn't, then in the series is over. I yeah, we'll, s- we'll see how the matchups are, right? Because I mean, I don't know if he's going to match up with AD. Uh, he might match up with Drummond, and then maybe Bridges, like being their best defender, is going to go. On AD, I'm not sure, but he's not he's not really big enough. It's gonna be a fun series, man. I think the Lakers get it in six, though. I think it's uh I think you guys might lose the first game because Lakers are tired, they haven't played well together that much. Phoenix jumps out to a big lead, but I think you guys like win three of the next four. I think it's over pretty quick. And Phoenix has the home court advantage, and I I, I can't remember a, a two and seven matchup where the consensus was that the seven seed was gonna beat the two seed. But th- this isn't really a seven seed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like you guys were together. It was You guys were the one until all the injuries happened, right? right. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three versus six, Denver versus Portland. I have Denver in five. What do you have here, Webb? I have Portland in seven. And I can see Portland in six. I love when we disagree. Uh, the MVP, Jokic, is going to dominate this game dominate the series he is the mvp for a reason the mvp stands for most valuable player well, i'm not sure if you know that that's what Jokic is this year the most valuable player one two three 
Oh, I thought MVP was, uh, I thought V was the middle name, middle initial for Michael Porter. And you're just saying MVP. Terrible. That's worse than any of my jokes. So. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't disagree with you that Jokic is going to dominate. I just don't know if that's going to be enough. I think Jokic could average 32, 12, and 11, and Denver still lose. Because they just, they're just not a deep team to me. I think Portland has the three guards that are going to do well. And, and uh, if Nurk is on his A game, it could be trouble. But I don't disagree with you. Nurkic will have. Oh, sorry, Jokic will have a great series. I think it's gonna be a really fun series. Yeah. I like both these teams. I'm good with whoever wins. But I just think I think it's Jokic's year, man. I think he's gonna put on a show this year. My thing is like losing Murray was just really hard, man. Like I, Campazo, like Dozier, like I, I just don't like Denver's team. So I agree with you that Portland has a better team, but sometimes a star player will just take over. And I think that's where Jokic is, is right now. I think he's just, he's, it's his time. He's going to want to validate the MVP for guys like you who said he sucks and wasn't in the top five. Like, I just, I think it's his year. You did. So, <laughs> so I think this, so I still say Portland in seven. If Portland loses this series, I think they blow up this whole roster. Terry Stotts is gone. The coaching staff is gone. Uh, McCollum should probably go. I think it's a wrap if this happens. I think it's going to happen, but we'll see. It's going to be a fun series. Can't wait. The Clippers versus Dallas. I think we are going to disagree here, Webb. What do you have for the Clippers versus Dallas? Four versus five. Your Luka love is just going to be tainting your objectivity, your ability to deliver a sound uh, assessment and an astute assessment. I have... This This wasn't an easy one for me. I had the Clippers winning. I have them in five. Winning in five, but I can see six. I have the Clippers in seven. I think Luka takes over two games in this series, but Dallas has a bottom five roster in this league if it wasn't for Luka. It's bad everywhere. Yeah, but you can't say that because they have them. They have a better roster than the Knicks. No, they don't. Yes, they do. If you take Luka, take off Luka and Julius Randle, which roster is better? Dallas. No. Porzingis alone is better than anyone really on 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 the Knicks, except for this year. There's no way you would have taken Julius Randle over Porzingis before this year. Yeah, but this year, Porzingis has been hurt the whole season, basically. And when he plays, he's been so underwhelming. I think he's been good when he plays. Disagree. If you're seven foot three and you can't get eight rebounds a game, we have an issue, and he can't do it. <laughs> By accident, he should fall in 10 rebounds. By accident. But he plays away from the basket so much. He's always shooting the three. I don't, I'm not surprised at that. But I think they have a good team. Like, I mean, no, sorry. They have a decent team. Decent. I think it's, I think it's really bad. And they have one superstar. But I think that superstar is elite. I think he gets Dallas two games. And then maybe the Porzingis shows up for half of one. Let's go seven, I think. Clippers in seven. They, their role, Dallas's role players are really underrated. Dorian Finney Smith is a pest. I don't like him. Really, because he's an, he's irritating, but he's he's good on Dallas. I think Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. is good. Josh Richardson's solid. Uh, Jalen Brunson, like uh, Dwight Powell, like this this team's not bad. As someone who has watched all of these guys play basketball a lot this season, I'm going to tell you that they're not that good. Tim Hardaway oh, wow. Jr. is a name. Jalen Brunson is good for what he is. Right, but that's all that's, you need. I'm not saying 
they have huge value in the league. I'm just saying on Dallas, they work. Yeah, but if they wouldn't work other places, it's a problem. And they, those guys could not... Jalen Brunson isn't a top three guard on most teams in the NBA. He's not. No, but you don't need him to be. For this matchup, that's what you need. That's what I'm saying. And this great team you're talking about gets loses in five, according to you. So, yeah, they're a great team that loses in five. It'll be a close... It'll be a fun series, though. A close five. I hope so, man. I hope it's a good series. I... I like both teams. I want the Clippers in it because I just know that losing the, the Clippers beating the Lakers would break your heart immensely. And I would thoroughly, I would thoroughly enjoy that. So I'm rooting for that. For being honest. So we both have the Clippers winning. Yeah. I have, okay. For different reasons. Mine is because I hate you. Yours is because <laughs> you're objective. <laughs> okay. Uh, the one versus eight Utah versus golden state or Memphis. So I have this being a huge difference. If it's Utah versus Memphis, I have Utah in four. If it's Utah versus Golden State, I have Utah in six. What do you have? I have a sweep for Utah if it's Memphis. Um, I have it five games if it's Golden State. So Utah in five if it's Golden State. So we agree about, we agree about Memphis and Golden State. No, nah, it's close. Yeah, That's going to be a fun – I think Utah versus Golden State would be actually really fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be high scoring. Okay, Webb, let's talk about that game. Golden State versus Memphis really quick. Golden State's coming off a tough loss against the Lakers. Memphis had a huge win against San Antonio. What is your prediction for this game? This will be a really good game. This is tough. I want to say Memphis. I think I had Memphis earlier. I think I actually chose Memphis earlier when we were doing our picks. I might switch that now. Just because I saw what Draymond did to uh, AD yesterday, and I think he's going to do the same thing to to JV. Um, JV was a big difference against the Spurs, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Golden State. I have Golden State as well. They played on Sunday. I mean, Memphis didn't have too much to play for. They kind of knew what they were, where they were going to slot in. I just think Steph Curry is too good, man. I believe in him. I believe in Draymond in the playoffs. Draymond in the regular season is a nightmare to watch, but in the playoffs, he's good. So <laughs> I could see Golden State winning by like a decent amount, by like 14, 15 points here. I think it's going to be a, a big win for them. I think the, uh, the lack of experience is going to be a difference as well. Like how we saw Indiana just just completely destroy Charlotte. It looked yeah. like a bunch of – it looked exactly like how Charlotte is, like a bunch of young guys just chucking the ball. No fluidity, no real game plan. Like it just looked like rookies and vets playing each other. And I think that might happen in this one. Like I agree. Yeah. I think Golden State's experience is gonna be a huge thing for them. Andrew Wiggins has made the playoffs once in seven years. He's really itching to go back, be the future MVP of the league. Andrew Wiggins, superstar. <laughs> the one time Wiggins made the playoffs was when Jimmy Butler was screaming at him. <laughs> Man, how good is Jimmy Butler? He got those guys into the playoffs. How good is Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Right, I I used, to, I used to give Jimmy Butler uh, some flack because I was like, "Who does this guy think he is?" Like, he came out of nowhere, really. Um, he's a top player. Like, he's well worth the money that they gave him in Miami. First year they went to the to the finals. Jimmy Butler was on the JJ Redick podcast last year in the bubble, and it's one of the most interesting conversations I've heard from an NBA player. I highly suggest people go listen to it and watch it because. You kind of hear how Jimmy thinks 
And he explains things really clearly about how he thinks and feels and acts. And he, he explains why Minnesota was a bad fit for him, why he hated being in Philly. He's really honest. And I really like Jimmy Butler a lot because, like, he is who he is, and he doesn't try and hide that at all. I love how candid uh, Jimmy Butler is. Philly was really stupid not to resign him. He goes into that of why he was why he didn't go back there. Yeah, I, I heard that part. So for the listeners out there, he said, uh, so his agent had conversations with Philly, and they said, well, if we can control him, we'll have him back. Right. And he said, I'm not doing anything that needs to be controlled, so this is done. And he yeah. just walked away. Yeah, they were, re- really, they were really stupid for doing that. Really stupid. Yeah, man, Philly has made some terrible mistakes in team building. <laughs> it's real bad. It's going to be a fun game, though. I can't wait. Okay. Let's move on to the NFL a little bit, Webb. I want to talk some NFL trades. I want to talk a little NFL schedule with you. There have been a lot of reports about star players being traded as of late. So we are going to talk about if we think guys are going to get traded, and if so, where for a few of them. Apparently, it came out today that the Atlanta Falcons are okay with trading Julio Jones. Webb, does Julio get traded? I think he gets traded more likely than not, so I'll say yes. Uh, We talked about this during the NFL season. I thought Julio would be a great fit in Baltimore, but Julio would be a great fit anywhere. I would love my Rams to get him somehow. Give up just your 2030 year first round pick. I don't care. Get Julio Jones. Which year? 2030? Yeah, 2030. (laughs) (laughs) That's our next one, isn't it? (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think he gets traded. I, and I think that, that comfort level that they have with getting rid of Julio, not getting rid of him. He's an elite player, but trading him was the, one of the reasons why they took um, Pitts in, in, in the draft. I think it made it a little easier to do that. I don't understand why they would do this. I think if they were going to take Justin Fields and then trade Julio, that makes more sense to me to start the rebuilds. If you want to compete this year, why would you trade one of the best receivers in football? It doesn't just, just I think he won't be traded. This is just talk. For that reason, Justin Fields was there. He was a Georgia kid. If you want to rebuild and ship Julio and Matt Ryan out, that makes sense to me. I'm fine with that plan. But if you're keeping Matt Ryan, keep Julio as well. Um, <clears throat> I just think they found a dynamic, one-of-a-kind weapon in, in Kyle Pitts, and, and I think Calvin Ridley can be a number one. I don't know if Julio, I don't know if Matt Ryan will ever have the chemistry he had with Julio with another receiver. So I'm not saying it's like a smart thing to do, but I can definitely see them doing it. I think Kyle Pitts is excellent, by the way. I If you're sending Julio away, I don't know what you get for him at 32. He's been injured quite a bit. Like, Are they getting back a first-round pick? I'm not sure they are. I, I, I wouldn't say no because I think there's a an aggressive or dumb GM, however you want to look at it, in every league. And I think someone would give up a first-round pick for Julio. You know you're not, Julio's not playing 17 games for you. That's that's the given. That's the thing. Like, I think he makes more sense on Atlanta than any other team. Atlanta has a terrible defense. They're going to need to win these games scoring a lot of points. You have a 36-year-old quarterback. Keep Julio and try and win these games 45-42. The thing with Julio is, like, as much as he moves the chains, he doesn't really score much for whatever reason. So, like, so he, weird, right? So weird. Yeah. He, so he, he, he'll move the chains. He'll... he'll, he'll keep the offense going and obviously have you uh, going downfield. But as a red zone threat, he's not really that prolific for whatever reason. It's true. 
So I think he stays. You think Julio is gone from Atlanta? Any prediction where he goes? I'll say Baltimore. Okay, interesting. The next name on our list, Zach Ertz, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a Super Bowl hero, but they are shipping all of those guys out of town. Is Zach Ertz traded this year? He's 100% gone from Philly. If they don't get a trade for him, they're cutting him. He's gone. I'll say that 99% he has not returned to Philly. He is 100% gone, but he is not being traded. No one's taking that salary. They're going to cut him in like a month and a half. And that's fair. There's no way he's playing. Like he's come out from the last season and said, like, you know, if he, he's basically said, I don't care if you guys trade me. I just want to know like what I'm doing. And it's been this awkward kind of thing for the last year and a half. He, he couldn't come back. It can't. Yeah, Dallas Goddard is like better than him now. They're backup tight end. So his time in Philly is over. I just don't, I can't see anyone giving up an asset and paying him $9 million a year. I think that's done. Odell Beckham Jr. on Cleveland. Webb's favorite player besides LeBron James. <laughs> is, Cle- is Cleveland going to keep Odell this year? I'll say no. Where does he go? Where does he go? Philly. Terrible. Okay. Uh, I think Odell is traded, but in October. I think Odell and Baker, for some reason, just doesn't work. I don't know why. But Baker is better when Odell isn't there. Yes. I know it's weird. I think Odell is still really good. So this has a little caveat to me. I think if Rogers stays in Green Bay, Odell Beckham is traded to Green Bay in October before the traded line. Interesting. If the Packers weren't so desperate and on their knees to get Aaron Rodgers back, I would have said no way that Green Bay is doing this. But they owe Rodgers so much. You could be right. I'm not sure Rogers is going to be there, by the way. We're going to talk about that in a second. But if he is still there, they have to swing for Julio or Odell. They have to do it. Sorry, I have a, I have another team that I just thought of for Julio. Detroit Lions. I just feel... Why? Yeah. They want to lose. They have just, your former quarterback. They don't want to win. <laughs> <laughs> they have no receivers. I just feel like it's going to be one of these, like, I want to say bottom feeder teams, but one of these teams I think will take a swing on Julio to just increase uh, uh, not viewership, but also just a, a buzz around the team, like these teams that are just out of it. It's not a bad idea. I just, there's no way Detroit's getting up a first round pick for Julio. Like there's going to be a top, the top pick in the draft. You think he's a, worth a first? But you said that he's, they're going to get a first for him, right? I think there's no way that Detroit, who needs to rebuild, is going to trade assets for a 32-year-old receiver. Wait, who are you talking about now? Julio. Oh, I did, sorry. I, did, I thought you were talking about Odell. You just said I have another team for Julio. My fault, my fault. My fault. My <laughs> fault. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that. I meant I have another team for Odell, Detroit. Detroit and Philly. Sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I was like 32 years old. When did Odell turn 32? Like, Okay. Sorry about that. I didn't realize I said that. I thought you were going back to a previous topic. I was like, All right. No, 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 no. Sorry. I was talking about Odell. Okay. Uh, I ha- So we- I did three surprise trades we could see as well. And I actually have a receiver being traded to Detroit, but it is not any of these guys. So Ooh. A preview there. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. There are three quarterbacks that are, have been in trade talks or trade conversations. Russell Wilson. I say there is 0% chance he's traded. Do you agree with me? Agree. Move on there. That was fun for like three days and then it was dead. So I never believed he was going anywhere. So when he released that list, 
of the four teams, I thought maybe there was a small chance that Seattle would be like, get out of here. It at least showed that he was interested in leaving, but it was never likely to happen. Right. Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers traded? I say no. I've been very consistent with saying that. I still think he's traded. I still think he is. I think Denver's the likely spot. I just, I don't know how he walks back in the locker room if nothing changes. Like, How do you respect yourself if Goonty's still there and you're just like, hey guys, sorry about that. Like, I don't know how that works. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, if nothing changes, I don't think he comes back if nothing changes either. But I think there will be changes. He's going to get paid a lot of money. And maybe you're right. They swing for a receiver. I think hosting Jeopardy was looking pretty good to get tackled 15 times. This like, I think. <laughs> okay. And the last quarterback I want to talk about, Deshaun Watson. He is in a different category than all the other guys. I think his situation is going to dictate what happens. I think he's not traded because I think a suspension is probably going to come very soon. Yep. I, I'm sticking with that. Before the news that came out, I said he wasn't getting traded. And even after this, for a different reason, because I think he's kind of untouchable now. I don't think he's getting traded. Yeah, I think that it's most likely he's in Houston. I, I can't see a team trading for him right now. And I don't think he... I mean, we don't know what happens. If things just sort of stay the same way, I think he's put on a leave for the entire year. I don't think he plays. Okay, Webb, I made three wild card trades from different players. I'm going to let you go first. Give me your first trade of a guy not on the trade block that you think might come? Ooh, uh, well, Mike Williams on the Chargers. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think he's gone, and I can see him going to a team like Green Bay. Yeah. So I think you and I looked at this the same way. Guys in the last year of their deals who might get moved, they don't, they don't want to re-sign. I kind think of, we, yeah. thought, we thought of this the same way, I think. So my first guy, I'll do a receiver as well. I have Jamison Crowder on the Jets to Detroit for a swap of seventh round picks. Uh, Jamison is making $10 million this year. The Jets signed other receivers. Detroit has nothing. So I figured just having a service level guy there may make them their offense function a little bit. So that's my thinking there. Not bad. No. Who is your second guy? Melvin Gordon on the Broncos. Um, he was decent last year. I, let, I, I thought he was solid going to a new team. You know, everyone hates him for whatever reason. <laughs> and uh, Denver wasn't that good. But now with Javante Williams there, like, not really a reason to have him. So I actually had him on my list. Oh, really? And then I removed him. Oh. He got a DUI recently that I did not know about. I think I heard about I actually forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's why I was like, too. that's why I was like, maybe he'll get cut. They drafted mm. the guy. But I, I totally forgot about that as well. I didn't remember that happened. So he was on my original list. And then I just typed in Melvin Gordon. I was like, oh, never mind. That changes things a little bit. <laughs> See, this is what the internet does, man. Like, you type in someone's name and forever, that will come up. Yeah, 100%. I was like, oh, yeah. no, it's not good. So my second guy is Hakeem Nicks. Hakeem Hicks, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> It Six wasn't four, Hakeem Nicks. It wasn't the world's tallest man, Hakeem Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> it was Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle on the Bears. He's 31 and a $12 million cap hit this year. He's been hurt a little bit the last couple of years. If he's cut or traded, he only costs 1.5 million against the cap. 
So I have him being traded to Carolina for a sixth round pick. Nice. Yeah, when when Fields is ready to make a run, Hicks will be too old. It makes sense to move him out now and just get something back. But we'll see. Who is your third trade and last trade? Because my last one's the most fun. Mine's not as fun. Uh, I have the Trevor Ariza of tradable players, Brandon Cooks, <laughs> who just can't seem to stay on a team for more than like a year and a half. <laughs> what team is he on right now? He's on Houston. Oh, he's been traded like 11 times already, and he's only 25 years old. <laughs> he's 25? I think he's maybe 26. I'm going to double check right now. He's not he, He's not that old. He must be a bad person, man. Like, there's no, there's no, what is happening with this guy? For a guy that's super productive. Okay. So, sorry. Brandon Cooks is 27. That's got to be on him. <laughs> Everyone is like, you know what, man? We're good. Like, you We're can good. go. <laughs> he's been on the Rams, the Saints, the Pats. No one's really wanted this guy. He's so good. I think it's the yeah. personality, man. It's got to be. It has to be. My third one. I think this is the most fun. Who do you think is the most overrated quarterback in football? Uh, give me a second to think about this. It's been a long time since I've... Give me 30 seconds with this. Okay. Most overrated quarterback. Don't tell me Jared Goff. Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay, okay. Baker Mayfield is, I think, very overrated. I think he's a fine player, but people act like he's the best, like a top five quarterback, and he's not. So I have... The Jacksonville Jaguars trading Gardner Minshew to Cleveland for the cheaper version of Baker Mayfield as a backup. I think Gardner Minshew is still a really good quarterback. I really think he's good. I There's something about him, which is kind of why Baker works, because there's something about him that makes him like not terrible. Like it shouldn't work, but it kind of does. Gardner has that, but to the next level of this really shouldn't work, but it kind of does. I think it's perfect. Back, back up Baker in Cleveland. Be honest. If Baker is 100 out of 100, what does Gardner bench you? Like how much worse is Gardner than Baker? Honestly. 80? It's yeah. not that big a gap. Yeah. If Gardner was on Cleveland, they would have a very similar record. It would be very close. Yeah, they're winning 10 games if, if he's on the, the roster. And Baker might get him 11. Like, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> And the Baker, difference is $200 million. That's what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. But Baker is uh, is going to win Cleveland one game this year for sure. But is I think Gardner could do it too. I think Gardner's like... The fact that you don't sound ridiculous is kind of sad. Right? <laughs> it makes sense. Okay, Webb. Let's talk about the NFL schedule before we get out of here today. It was announced last Wednesday, the schedule. I've had some thoughts for a little while. I'm sure you have some thoughts. I think the strength of schedule stuff now makes no sense. No one knows what the team is they're going to look like right now. Webb and I have been talking about this for years that people put out strength. Like they said that the Chicago Bears have the hardest schedule. And I do not understand how that works. It doesn't make sense to me. No one thought last year that the Tampa Bay Bucks would win the Super Bowl. No one thought that. They were the best team. It's like this whole thing makes no sense. So I don't, I don't think any of this is real at all. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's BS. I think the way they do is they base it on the, the previous season, the playoff teams, the teams that were good. But you can't really bring that into this season because things have changed, player movement, the draft, injuries happen, free agency, all that other stuff. 
And just sometimes good teams last year aren't good this year. The NFL is the most year-to-year sport of any of the leagues. Yeah. In the NBA, the ba- if a basketball team is good one year, they're probably going to be good the next year. Cleveland and, they don't- and Cleveland and Golden State played each other in the finals like what, three, four years in a row. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Like, <laughs> it. I think a different team has won the NFC East for like twelve years. It's just they keep switching. So you have no idea if Cincinnati is going to be terrible or if Joe Burrow is going to come back and win 12 games. Like I could see both of those things being possible. I really could. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, what I factored into my assessment of whether a schedule's not good or not is, are you playing a lot of road games early on in the season? Like that, I think, can make your schedule difficult. It doesn't mean you're going to be bad, but if three out of your first four games are on the road, it probably sucks a little bit more than being at home. So I agree with that, but then I see the other way as well, which means you'll have more home games late, which could be beneficial. Right, right, right. But I, I, I like the thing is, we have no idea what is going to matter right now. It's the first year it's been 17 games schedule. So in, in the past years, the first bye week is week four. This year, the first bye week is week six. Yep. Usually, I I could be wrong here, but usually the last bye week I remember is week 11. Do you remember anything later than that? I think I've seen week 12. This year, three teams have week 14 buys. Yeah. So I have no idea if that's going to be good for teams or bad for teams, the late rest, the early rest. Like, this is a totally different animal than what we're used to. Yeah. So what teams do you think have hard schedules? Did you look at any and see anything that you looked at? Yeah, like... So my prediction, I see Atlanta having a kind of tough schedule. And the reason why I say that is because uh, they play in the UK. And week, sorry, they play the, all the road games are against what I would think or assume or anticipate are going to be decent to good teams. So week two, they're at ta- Tampa. Week three, they're at, the, they're at the Giants. I think the Giants would be decent. Week seven, they're playing... Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And uh, sorry, week five, they're in the UK playing the Jets, who could be like super improved this year. And then they're also playing the Saints on the road, Dallas on the road, Carolina on the road, San Fran, Buffalo. Who knows if those all those teams would be good? But I just think that they have some really tough road games, and Atlanta just hasn't been consistent. And Webb, just to prove my point, where do you think the strength of schedule people have Atlanta on the schedule? Where uh, from one to 32, one is the easiest, 32 is the hardest. Where do you think they rate Atlanta? 20 something, second, second as the easiest, yeah, a second easiest schedule in the league. Yes, what <laughs> I swear to god, I'll send you the link. They have Atlanta as the second easiest schedule. Okay, that's that's bizarre. I'm, I mean, they could be right at the end of the season, but the way I see it now, that doesn't seem like a, an easy schedule to me necessarily. Um. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. they have Tampa Bay and Atlanta having the two easiest schedules. Let me see Tampa's. So Tampa, Tampa yeah. Sorry, I was going to say Tampa's. So for me, I saw Tampa's the first three games aren't bad. At home for Dallas, at home for the, the Falcons, on the road for the Rams. They could have, they could be three and zero there. And then they, they go back to Foxborough week four. So possibly four and zero, maybe. But maybe not. Yeah, I'm just, that's just the difference. Like, we see things, I'm like, 
but they, I don't, I don't understand how they do this. You said it's the hardest. They have it as the second easiest. It's a crazy spread. Makes no sense to me. So, so I don't know if Atlanta has the hardest, but I, I definitely think they have one of the hardest, especially since they, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Like you would think they'd get a, a, a more favorable schedule. So I'm going to tell you who I think has the hardest schedule. And I think you're going to laugh at me and say I'm being ridiculous. I think the teams that play the NFC West, I think the NFC West is the best division in football this year. I agree. I think, And the AFC South plays the NFC West. I think the Indianapolis Colts have the hardest schedule in football. Listen to these first five games. Seattle and the Rams at home. And then on the road for three in a row, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore. That's a tough stretch right there. Indy, yeah. <laughs> you have them as hard as well? Yeah, I had it as, as a, a potentially hard. That's four straight, sorry, three out of four road games from week three to seven. Yeah. Against good teams as well. Yeah. Sorry, four out of five. Sorry. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. It's really rough. I just think the NFC West is so much better from top to bottom that whoever faces them, it's going to be murder. Like I would also consider any team in the NFC West the same thing because they have six really tough games no matter what. I So I agree with you that I think the NFC West is the best division in football. I think all four teams can make the playoffs. History would show they all four probably don't. Three probably don't. But I think all four can realistically make the playoffs. The Rams schedule is terrible. I don't think I thought the Rams had a tough schedule. It's I, Chicago, Indy, Tampa Bay. Those are three of the top 10 defenses in football. Yep. Arizona, Seattle, the Giants, the next three. Those are three other good defenses. That's a hard schedule. So I'm really high on the Giants this year. Um, I think they're going to be a surprise. I like the Cardinals as well. But then to close out the um, the season for the Rams. So from week 14 at Arizona, home for Seattle, week 16 at Minnesota, week 17 at Baltimore, week 18, San Francisco. Yeah. That's a tough stretch. I think Minnesota might be decent too. It's really, I, I think that you could tell me that any four of those teams win the division. I would not be surprised at all. And any four of those could miss the playoffs and be four and 13. And I wouldn't be surprised either. I think it could go either way. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, I think the Jets have a, an, an easier start to their schedule. So I have the, I have Miami in the same division having a very easy schedule. I think because they play similar teams that. Mm. So the aggregators, by the way, have the Jets as the fourth easiest schedule and Miami at five and Buffalo at three. So they have the AFC East being the easiest schedule this season. I didn't. See, yeah, you know Miami's schedule wasn't that uh, tough. I think the Pats would be good this year, so I don't really know um, how it'll be. But yeah, they they, they played Buffalo, they played the Raiders, they play Indy. It's gonna. I think we won't know until August how teams are looking, because no one thought that Kansas City was gonna trade for Orlando Brown. Yeah. And have a completely signed Joe Thune and be a completely different offensive line. And when training camp starts every year, how many key injuries would you say happen every season in, in, during training camp? I would say at the minimum, 10 very good players go down for the year during training yeah. camp every year. Yeah. That we have no idea about. So any of these teams could change. 
if Justin Herbert gets hurt for the season, like that changes everything for the for the the Chargers story. I want to call him San Diego so bad. <laughs> we just have no idea how this season, how these teams are going to look until the season starts. Basically, yeah. It's oh God. So, you know what's crazy? That I look forward to the NFL schedule release every year. Still, I know it. I know nothing changes, and I still can't wait for it. Yeah, me too. I always want to see like. So for the Chicago thing, like I don't think Chicago's schedule, at least to start off, is that tough. They do have a tough stretch, I think, potentially. But like they start off week two, they're playing Cincinnati. Week four, Detroit. Week five is uh, Vegas. To me, I can see, I see them winning those three games potentially. Um, but then week six to nine is a little tougher. They play Green Bay, then Tampa, San Fran, and then Pittsburgh. So you know, I think they have a tough stretch, but I think it's balanced. Yeah, I, I have no idea, man. Just if you could see my phone right now, what is that display? What is my background right now? You see that? Yeah, it's the Colts. With Colts the schedule. schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my wallpaper for my phone right now. Like, I look forward to this so much. And we have no idea. Like, it's just, it's something fun to talk about. Yeah. But you could tell me that Tampa has the easiest schedule right now. And then if the season started at the end of the season, if they had the hardest, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We have no idea. And that's and that's the thing. Like in week 14, when you're saying, Oh, Cincinnati has such a tough schedule, it's like, yeah, you know that now, but before the season started, it was hard to determine that. So that's why I don't always use strength of schedule, uh, like to sympathize with teams that are playing like garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh I mentioned the the five teams. The week 14 by teams are Miami, New England, and Indy. I think this puts those three teams at a gigantic disadvantage, by the way. That's a long time to play consecutive games. Exactly. And I just think you need a break. Like, I, no yeah. team has done that before. 14 weeks. Yeah. So I think this could be an issue for those three teams, where I would not be surprised if the, all three of them have worse seasons than we're thinking right now. Because week eight or week nine, injuries start to pile up. And the team is just mangled. I don't know why they 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 stretched it out uh, for so long with those guys. They should have done a better job. So you know, I, you know what? The re- I'll tell you the reason right now. It's they're doing this on purpose because the owners actually want an 18 game year, hmm. and they're gonna say, "Oh, but we had injuries, but now with 18 games, we'll give you two bye weeks." So then it make that evens it out a little bit. It makes a little you have more time to rest and heal. The owners are such dirtbags <laughs> that they will do whatever they can to get more money in their pockets. <laughs> Prove me wrong. That's one hundred percent what I think. Guess we're not having any owners come and talk to us on the pod. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do think that there are gonna be some some great uh, some great games, uh, week one and even throughout the season. Uh, you know, like I mentioned before, Brady returns to uh, Foxborough. Week four. Uh, yeah, week four. Week four. Um, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, sorry. Matt Stafford plays the, the um, Detroit and Jared Goff plays the Rams. Uh, trying to find the week. Week eight. Week eight. No, week, okay. Sorry. Week seven. Sorry. Week seven. Good. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, Jalen Ramsey gets to play Jacksonville in week 13. Uh, Marcus Peters gets to play gets to play the Rams in week 17. Um, he was talking smack about the Rams just the other day, probably last week, I think with Akib Talib on the podcast. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be really good. Like I, 
week one has some really good, uh, really good matchups. Um, I wrote down my three favorite matchups from week one. I think we're going to agree. I think right. week one has some really good matchups. I think there is a clear number one though. What is the best matchup week one? Do you think? I'd probably say the Chiefs and the the Browns. Me too. Yeah. Chiefs versus Cleveland. I think it's the best game. That's AFC Championship potentially. Yeah, for sure. What is your number two matchup for week one? Probably say Dallas and Tampa. We disagree. I think any game involving Tom Brady can never be the best because he's the dirt. <laughs> he is just the dirt. You know why I call him the dirt? Because Philly beat him, and in Philadelphia, a good insult was calling someone a dirt. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's good times. So my good number two time. game, my number two game is Indy versus Seattle. Wow, I have also, it on my list, but not not anywhere near number two. Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz, the revamped Carson Wentz, I think is really interesting. Okay. And my number three game, I think you're going to disagree with it. I think it's New England versus Miami. That's my number three game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really fun game. That, to me, that's the the future of the AFC East, or is Belichick still have a hold on the AFC East? Like, it's going to be a a revamp Miami. Uh, You know, Belichick's one year removed from not making the playoffs, and he has – made all the free agency signings so it's gonna be interesting to see like who's the who's the heir to the afc i think, oh, sorry, it's, still the I think it's still buffalo <laughs> should be but yeah but you know what i mean like like yeah for sure who's next yeah i think it's a really fun game i think it's really fun interesting yeah. if tua is good or was this year just kind of a blip and he's gonna be great going forward yeah. is mac jones the starter or is it cam newton still there's a lot of storylines for this game that are really fun <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be good. Do you have any other games that um, stand out to you? So for week one or the whole season? Uh, Week one. I think Buffalo versus Pittsburgh is kind of interesting if Big Ben is healthy. Mm, Okay. But I think that's those are the main ones I noticed. Do you have one that I'm missing? Uh, I have two that you didn't mention. Okay. So I had Seattle and and Indianapolis, um, but I have the Bears and the Rams. And... Is there a chance that Justin Fields starts this game? Uh, what did the Bears look like? If the Bears beat the Rams, that's really bad for the Rams. Stafford's first game, it's just it's, it's going to go downhill from there. Uh, this is a team that Stafford should be familiar with, playing them twice a year for the past like 12 years. So I think it says a lot. And Green Bay and New Orleans, ugh. I don't know how I feel about New Orleans this year. Depending on how they stack up in this game, I think says it is going to determine how New Orleans is going to be. And will Aaron Rodgers be there in Green Bay? I think so. You think no. So so I think all those games have interesting storylines. The yeah. reason I didn't include them was because I don't think Justin Fields is going to start for Chicago. Against that Rams defense, it's going to be Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton could not be included in any of the best games of the week conversation. I think that's fair. You think for sure that Fields doesn't start week one? If you were Chicago, would you want Aaron Donald to destroy Justin Fields' life in his first game? <laughs> I wouldn't want that, man. I would feel bad about that. And I, I don't know if I want to throw away this season. I do think you're kind of throwing away this season if you're starting with Andy Dalton. So Chicago has the Rams, Cincinnati, Cleveland, I might bench him for the first three and then let him take over against Detroit, Vegas, and Green Bay. I might do that, give him an easy start in Detroit with a bad defense. Maybe, yeah. Where he can succeed. Like, 
how many sacks does Aaron Donald have against Justin Fields that first week in his first NFL game? Four. Uh, yeah, right. Like <laughs> Aaron Donald is the most terrifying human in the NFL. And then you want him to play against a rookie in their first game. That's a nightmare. That's no good. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I see that. I love Justin Fields and I don't want to see him get destroyed. And that could just have some scar tissue that, that lingers. Yeah. And then for New Orleans versus Green Bay, Jameis Winston is my is the second best quarterback in football to watch behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> so you know what? I might have been wrong about that. That, that game should be included. That, that game is going to be extremely fun to watch. I think it can be and i think i don't know where i stand in new orleans i think they might be i think this might be a a a, a, a year where they skip like sort of re, re, restarting year uh with Lattimore probably getting suspended and i don't know how good this team's gonna be to be honest do you want to hear my really early hot take before we get out of here sure Jameis winston is better this year than drew Brees was last year okay Jameis will have a better year than drew Brees. He can make throws that more than 11 yards. He got LASIK so he can see. Now that was the only issue with Jameis. <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> You're going to die on that hill, man. You've been talking about that LASIK for a long time. It's all I've got, man. <laughs> I love Jameis. I want Jameis Winston to succeed so bad, man. I really like Jameis Winston. I want him to, I want him to do well. How do you feel about Baltimore this year? Uh, I've never been the biggest Lamar guy. You're right. I think Baltimore has no pass rush, but they're great at manufacturing a pass rush. I just, their offense should be better, maybe, but I'm lukewarm. I think Lamar is so electric that if anything goes wrong for him, it's done. If he is 8% less athletic because of an injury, it's over for him. Am I crazy for thinking, like, there's a chance Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs this year? No, I think that's very realistic. I think I have them maybe making it. I haven't done that yet, but yeah, I think that everything needs to go right for Baltimore to be successful, and I'm not sure it will. I just I have no faith in that offense. The running game, Lamar being the precision passer that he needs to be. I just have so many questions for that that team. Yeah, so, I think they can be competitive based on what they do year to year. Everyone wants the quarterback that can run. And throw. You want both now, right? That's the new NFL. Lamar has proven to be the best runner by far of any quarterback. Oh, yeah. But the throwing is subpar. Yeah. He's got a very strong arm, but he's not accurate. He doesn't throw the ball very often. He only throws short passes to tight ends, basically, underneath. I just, his passing game hasn't developed enough. I think it, it still could. He's a very talented guy. He could get better at these things. He just hasn't yet. But I just think that when you're so reliant on athleticism to win, if that goes like Robert, I've made this point before. Robert Griffin, the third was crazy fun to watch his first year. And then it was over towards ACL and it was never the same. So I just, I just have that fear for Lamar as well. Yeah. I just, I mean, they were scraping by last year and yeah. I don't know if they're a better team this year. I think they're definitely worse this year. Their offensive line is worse. Objectively yeah. their defensive line is worse. Their receivers are better, but yeah. I just the running game's worse, I think. Yeah, Mark Ingram's gone. There, J.K. Dobbins is the guy now. Like, yeah, I have no idea how good Baltimore is going to be. I could see, I could see them being the best team in the AFC, or going seven and nine, or seven and ten now. Yeah, I think I, that the structure is too good for them to bottom out. 
I don't see right. them being the worst team because the infrastructure there is so good. Yeah. But I could see them having a tough year. I definitely see them hovering around eight and eight. I don't know, man. I I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh had a better year than them. Not that I think Pittsburgh's a better team, but there are just certain things that I think Pittsburgh is better than than Baltimore and in. And I I don't know, man. I I just don't feel good about Baltimore. I can't wait for football, man. I can't wait. It'll be good. Okay. Everyone, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. We really appreciate that. Please go check us out at undraftedsports.com. We are on their podcast network now. The podcast of the week over there is Broly Talks Hockey. The NHL playoffs are going strong right now. Toronto's first game is tonight. So please go check that out. Webb is a hockey fanatic for some reason. So give that a look. It's very interesting. Um, this is a huge rivalry. The Leafs are playing the Habs. This is dividing the country. Uh... <laughs> I hate Montreal for this reason alone. Yes. It's so ridiculous because the Leafs and the Habs were in the North Division. So they're playing each other like 40 times for the for the year. And now they're playing each other in the playoffs. It's kind of overkill. The rivalry is kind of whatever, but um yeah i'm still gonna be watching basketball tonight (laughs) me too Uh, so we'll be back next week talking about the first games in the nba playoffs and breaking down webs lakers hopefully being down 0-1 in the series i gotta say i don't like the 3 30 p.m eastern start on sunday for the lakers sun series i just don't like those early afternoon sunday games that means twelve thirty for both teams. That's weird that they did yeah. that. Yeah. That's a weird time. That's a weird start time. Yeah. Uh, I guess it hurts both teams equally, which is kind of fair, but it's weird. Phoenix at that point would have been off for like a week. I'm just saying the early team, like yeah. both teams are on West Coast time, right? So yeah, that's that's lunch. Yeah, it really is strange. <laughs> I don't like those early games for my Lakers in the playoffs. Don't like them. Never did. That's a break, bro. Tough break. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. We out.